welcome to the Shorenstein Center Media and Politics Podcast, a program highlighting key voices in the intersection of media, politics, and public policy. In this episode, we speak to David Weinberger, a Spring 2015 Joan Shorenstein Fellow and Senior Researcher at Harvard's Berkman Center, about his newly published discussion paper, The Rise, Fall, and Possible Rise of Open News Platforms, The Twisty Path Towards a Net Ecosystem That Makes News More Discoverable, Reusable, and Relevant. An API, which stands for Application Programming Interface, enables websites and applications to efficiently share data and functionality across sites and platforms. In 2008, The Guardian, The New York Times, and NPR all developed open APIs, with the hope that software developers around the world would use the resources and the data to create interesting and useful apps and tools. Although this initial vision didn't quite come to pass, all three news outlets did benefit enormously from using APIs. In this podcast, David Weinberger gives examples of how these news organizations made use of APIs for a variety of projects, and shares his vision of a future of online news where open APIs become commonplace. Here's David Weinberger introducing the basics. What is an API and how do they apply to news media organizations? An API is a website for for a computer, for an application. Um, So instead of the API um, delivering up a web page that a human can look at in a browser, the application speaks to the API and the API delivers up some information from whatever the, the home page's source is. So the idea is in many fields um, that uh, an organization can provide an open API, which means that any developer any, anywhere in the world can request information from that source without first getting permission. You just sort of, your application goes through the API and gets the information that it wants. So a lot of fields are doing this, especially in, in government and um, in NGOs and the like. And so I was wondering how much of this was going on with the news media. And so I, I thought that probably a fair bit, but it turns out, no, I'm, I'm wrong, that there was a, a, a flurry of interest in 2008 uh, in particular when a number of news organizations decided that they would open up a public API. Any developer could write an application that would ask for information about stories on some topic, for example. Um, or maybe get some content, maybe get an audio file from, uh, from NPR. So it turns out that uh, a handful of large and actually quite public-spirited uh, news media set up these open APIs. I look particularly at NPR and the New York Times and The Guardian, and all of them told basically the same story, that around 2008 they did this, full of high hopes and idealism that uh, they would be enabling uh, developers to make more of the news and to spread the news around the world and to tailor it to particular tastes and to integrate it with other sites and other applications and it was going to be amazing and it, it wasn't. <laughs> relative, a relative handful of developers did anything, uh, took advantage of this opportunity. So in that sense, the story took a turn way for the worse for my, for my, because uh, I'm very much in favor of this sort of uh, open access to content and metadata. Metadata is information about information. So that was distressing, but it turns out all three also told us the exact same story about the next step, which was, yeah, the public API nobody used, or very few people used. Internally, 
uh, each of these organizations discovered that having an API was an incredible benefit. I mean, they're sort of over the moon with happiness about how it enabled, how it was the right information architecture for their environments. And so it turns out that they're among these three pretty serious news organizations and, and really uh, organizations that have very accomplished techni uh, technical staffs, um, that they are all proselytizing for um, the adoption of APIs as a really great way to run a, um, the content development and distribution side of a news organization. David explains some of the benefits of an API for developers. All news media at this point have content management systems. That is some, some set of tools to help, um, help a story go from notes to a finished product that's published in a variety of different formats, um, certainly on the web, but also, also frequently in print or over the air if you're, if you're a radio organization. Um, but also on mobile and on the various forms of mobile and on tablets and on Google Glass or whatever else. So you have a single piece of content and you want it to show up automatically in the right formats on multiple different devices. Um, and that may be in part a matter of getting the look of it right, so the font is the right size for mobile, for your small telephone, but it may also mean having different sort of interface pieces and different um, uh, ways of interacting with it, because on a tablet you want to be able to swipe, but on a laptop you want to be able to click and so forth. So there's a fairly complex set of things that you want to manage, and the content management systems have grown up in order to do that. An API um, provides what's called a, an abstraction layer. So CMS is a complex piece of, of technology at this point. It has to do a lot of different things. And um, over time, some of, those, uh, some of those processes may change and they may come up with a better way of doing this or that. Um, for example, um, the New York Times uh, has a lot of different outputs of each article. Um, and a bunch of, those, of that content is behind a paywall, which means that all of those different devices need to ask a user to sign in and to verify that it's a, you're a registered user and allowed to see the content. The wrong way to do that is for each is to develop a system for each device, for your tablet versus your phone versus your Android versus your iPhone and all the rest of it, to keep reinventing that registration process. The right way to do it is to uh, do it once, get it right, no, it's uh, as right as you can get it, and then uh, put in an API which allows each of those different devices to talk indirectly to the content management system. So uh, if you are a developer doing the iPad port for the New York Times and you need a registration system, you know that all you have to do is send a command to the API saying, check this user or whatever, uh, register this user, uh, create a new password for this user. There's a pretty limited set of commands that you want. If you're uh, in an API-based world, all you have to do as a developer is to know what those commands are find out because you look in the documentation for the API and you issue a simple command that goes through the API, it goes to the CMS which then does whatever its content registration, its user registration thing is and it comes back with the expected answer which is yes this user is fine or whatever. The advantage of this is that let's say there's a security breach and the organization has to come up with a new more secure registration system. The old one was just too insecure. 
or it needs to add features or whatever. The people who are responsible for building the single registration system will do so. Nothing will change for all of the applications that are doing registration because they will still say through the API, they'll say, check this, this user. Is this user okay? We'll go through the API. A whole bunch of stuff will happen under, behind, behind the API in the uh, CMS, and the simple answer will come forward. This means that people who are developing applications for new devices don't have to care at all about what the CMS is doing. It means the CMS people can make whatever changes they need to in order to keep it secure or add features or whatever without breaking everything that uses the CMS. The, the API provides a layer of abstraction which protects all of the different applications from the changes that may be made in the CMS. In fact, NPR, one of the reasons they put in an API in the beginning was that they were on the verge of throwing out their old CMS and installing an entirely new one. They're going to replace the ent entire thing. With an API, you can do that without disrupting any of the services that are using it. An API can also help news media organizations adapt faster to new or updated devices that people use to receive the news. Another crucial advantage is, and they all tell the same story, in fact, um, two of them, that is NPR and The Guardian, both talk about how they were able to develop an application for the very new iPad, at the iPad launch, within a matter of weeks, which is unheard of. It's crazy. It's a new device, and they were able to get an application up running on it because with an API, they have, it's like a, they don't have to invent all of the pieces. They can just concentrate on what they want the iPad thing to do, their app to do, what um, content they want to put on it, and talk to the CMS through the API. They don't have to worry about any of the details. They can pretty much just design the app. They know what the basic commands are to go through the API, and it, it will just work. And so they were able to develop these apps in, in um, a startlingly short time. This makes the organization more agile. It means they can take advantage of new opportunities much faster, and it means they can get onto new platforms and thus spread their news and also get more um, visitors um, with a minimum of effort. David's paper features practical recommendations for news organizations considering an open API. Fortunately, APIs are not a tremendously difficult technology. This is not exactly rocket science. It's well understood in the, in the development community how you do this. Um, and there are very, at this point, very good um, standards and best practices for how to do so. The API, APIs as a form of information technology are is well established, um, which means that it isn't, should not be too expensive for a, a news organization to try it out. Um, you can do it with a, in a very limited way, and you certainly don't have to put any of your public-facing applications on it. Um, one of the things that an API makes easier, by far, is, uh, and all three organizations um, attest to this, uh, is to create strategic partnerships. You have somebody who wants to use your content. They may even want to pay you for your content or, or to run your ads. Having an API makes it incredibly simple for them to develop their app because they don't have to be in negotiation with your back-end CMS people. They can just ask for the, the information they want in a standard way through the API. So experimenting with this and doing so in ways that uh, adhere to uh, the industry standards, I think, is, is a really, um, would be a really useful thing to do. And undoubtedly, there are, in, in an organization that has any degree of technical staff, and they all do, 
um, technical staff is probably eager to give this a try. And despite the widespread adoption of APIs falling short of the initial vision, David is hopeful that more organizations will consider them, believing open APIs to be a potential public good. I have not entirely given up on the possibility that news media will find a reason to make more of their information publicly available. And one of the reasons, ultimately, why I think that's the case, the case is that I believe that news media overall have a sense of public mission. It's not the best way to make money, you know, it's not, but it is a great way to serve public needs. And having an open API that other people, so other people can make, find uses for your information that you would not have come up with. Um, that is, it seems to me, a public good. You can read David Weinberger's full paper on open APIs by visiting shorensteincenter.org and clicking on research. You can also read highlights from the paper at neimanreports.org. Thanks for listening to the Shorenstein Center Media and Politics Podcast. Music provided by extrememusic.com.